It's another episode of Movies You Should Love with Lauren and Scott. Hey there, movie lovers. Uh, welcome to a very, um, I actually don't know how to describe this episode. A very, um, it's a very strange thing. It just is, <sighs> sorry if I seem a bit flummoxed here at the beginning of the show. I, uh, I just received something from my buddy Dean, Dean Tripp, who you might uh, you might remember from earlier episodes in this uh, podcast. Um, he just sent me this file that was the... It's the strangest thing I've ever heard. It, it seems as though... Um, it seems as though at some point in the future, a lot of really bad things happen. If this thing... If this... If this uh, you know what? I'm just gonna play the file for you. It's it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Um, listen to it, and I'll, I'll I'll be back later. After the aliens attacked, after the robot uprising, after the zombie apocalypse, they were all that remains of human life on Earth. They are the ghost of Dean Trip and the android carrying the memories, and sadly, the personality of Scott Fogg, broadcasting from the end of the earth. This is the last cast. It's on. It's open. We can. Dean, 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 come here, come here, come here. We've opened yep. the time portal. We can now speak directly into the past. We can, we, we can talk to people. We can talk to people who've lived, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of years ago. We we might be able to prevent uh, any one of the apocalypses we have uh, lived through. That's fantastic. You know, we know what we got to tell them about. Yes. Speed Racer. Speed Racer, not. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um. Okay, we have all this technology right here in front of us. We have we, we can talk mm-hmm. to them about anything about about the wars about 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 the desolation of Dublin. We can talk about anything. Speed Racer. No, no, no. let's do Speed Racer. Okay. So here's the thing, man. Uh, we know everything that's going to happen in the future. All of the things that these people are completely oblivious to. What they don't realize is that all of the stories they're surrounding themselves with are leading towards these terrible, awful things that eventually destroy humanity. And if they'd only just listened to, you know, the voices of reason and sanity in, you know, Speed Racer, they'd all be fine. Um, I'm still trying to compute that, but okay. I, I, oh. I mean, we, if, if it doesn't work, we can, we can try again. We can, we can pepper them with knowledge. So uh, Speed Racer, I guess... Should we introduce ourselves? I mean... I guess. Uh, I'm Dean Tripp's ghost. Uh, I've been here for millennia. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, been around. And then uh, you're Scott. Right. And we are in this, uh, I guess it's an underground bunker, you could call it. It's more of a museum now, uh, what we've been able to do with it. We've brought everything down from the, from the surface so that we could preserve it. Um, that happened... I guess that was with the robot uprising after the zombie right. apocalypse. Um, right, and I think, you know, just in case there's any robot haters in the past, because, I mean, you know, this is, this is 
Who I really want to talk to is the people from the early 2000s before everything went completely shitty. Right. And uh, there's already some anti-robot sentiment. Uh, but Scott here, everybody listening, Scott is a, uh, he's a robot. 100% and, uh, robot. He had killed many people in his time before I, I have, found him. I have layers and layers of guilt programming that cycle nightly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it, that stuff shouldn't have been programmed into you. But anyway, what I did is I found Scott's, you know, this robot carcass. It wasn't Scott. And uh, I, what I did was, because I didn't have anyone to talk to about all the cool things I was looking at, I have programmed it with all of my buddy Scott Fogg's, you know, uh, social media posts. So it's got his, his Tumblr, his Facebook, his Twitter, all of his blog posts and all the podcasts he's on. And uh, I just told the robot to compute all that stuff into its new matrix. And now I have basically Scott Fogg, you know, just with an exoskeleton uh, and a steel heart uh, to talk to. I don't know if I've ever... This might not be the best place to do this, but I just want to say I really appreciate that. This this new lease on life that I have is... I, I just I appreciate it so much. And Well, I know you feel that way, but it's not actually, you know, Scott. I mean, you're... I mean, Scott's dead. You're just like a copy. I love you, though. I think it's great. I think it's awesome having you here. That's why I put you together, because, you know, I you know we can hang out and talk about cool stuff like Speed Racer. Yeah, I, I guess I, I wish you hadn't put it that way. That does definitely put a damper on... Just talk about Speed Racer. That's fine. Just... <laughs> okay, so uh, basically, people of the past, you messed up. Because in 2008, one of the greatest films of all time hit theaters too early. Like, basically, that movie came out, I believe, earlier in the year than uh, the presidential election, Hmm. where people kind of realized that hope and change were possible. Like, everyone was so demoralized at that point by, what was it? It was the the fourth or fifth? No, no, no. It was the second Bush uh, president. I mean, there were way more after that, before the monarchy, but... Um, the Bush dynasty point, hadn't established itself yet. Right, but the second one was not as bad as four, but terrible. And uh, anyway, so during that time, everybody's demoralized. It's like no, no one could believe in positivity. No one believed in hope. There was just darkness and uh, death. And then, and then this movie comes out that's just bright, happy, beautiful, you know, uh, awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. It's about friendship and family and, and hope. family, yeah. And doing your best because that's what you can do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And instead, that movie flopped terribly, yeah. even though it was made by the Wachowskis, who were, at the time, only one of them was female, if I believe. No, wait, that was before even one of them was female. That was before the clones, too. But the <laughs> Wachowskis, who were hailed as brilliant uh, for the Matrix films, mm-hmm. which, by the way, only one of those was any good. Scott uh, recorded a podcast about that, if I uh, can see his memory banks correctly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then they did the V for Vendetta movie, which mm-hmm. Alan Moore hated and everyone else loved. Well, they produced uh, that one, but yes. Did they not direct it? They did direct it. Uh, the director was uh, John McTiernan, I believe his name is. I think, he uh, directed, man, it's, I think he directed a Die Hard movie or something. He's directed like action films, and then he did V for Vendetta, and most recently, I, uh, like the Ninja Assassin and other things, they just—they only produced and wrote it. They did write it, but they didn't direct it. I had no idea. I'm so glad I programmed you with Wikipedia. <laughs> so um, that's just what I know. Yeah. 
So they'd done those movies, which everybody really liked. And uh, then they did the Speed Racer movie, which is a real different direction. And it's not what you expected when you heard the Matrix guys uh, were going to do Speed Racer. You expected kind of a slick, futuristic, dark and gritty version. Yeah. yeah, dark and gritty Speed Racer, which, by the way, would have been great, too. Mm -hmm. um, Speed Racer is a uh, just a beautiful, weird, uh, messed up 60s concept that I adore. And I grew up with, like, uh, you know, and that's the thing about the movie, too. Because it came out, you know, half a century after it was really popular mm -hmm. uh, as a cartoon show, so many people, like Scott, you, uh, when you were a person, um, you didn't grow up with Speed Racer, is that right? That is correct. So, like, when you go to see this movie that's about a family of people whose name is Racer, right. and the dad's name is Pops, the, and the son's the, name is, is Speed, Speed. <laughs> right. and the, the, the youngest kid has like a pet monkey, Chim yep. Chim, that follows him around. <laughs> like, uh, obviously you thought this was adapted from Shakespeare. Uh, oh, uh, obviously. <laughs> but most people reacted pretty negatively to it. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, not was, really understand that because I live with joy in all right when I was alive, mm -hmm. lived with joy in my heart. Uh, no matter what happens, there's I have a hope, had a hopefulness. Mm -hmm. uh, I still do, even as a spirit, and I don't understand the negative reaction to sincerity and pretty colors. It's like everyone wanted beige and darkness. And I hate both of those things, mm -hmm. unless, except for darkness when it relates to Batman. But <laughs> in general, bright, shiny colors just please me. I'm and I, I I'm not I'm not sure that's what they rejected. I think okay, because my because my, my, I I recently downloaded it uh, this afternoon and was reprocessing it, um, and. My memory of it was, honestly, like you said, I did not grow up with Speed Racer, and when I watched it, literally the only thing I knew about it was, go Speed Racer, go, I knew the song. And so I kept waiting for the song, and it never happened until much later in the film. So I really had no, no idea what was going on, but what the, the, the disconnect for me, especially the first time watching it, was how the actors were telling me how high the stakes were. But I never believed anything that was happening on the course because the course looked so much like a cartoon. Right. And it wasn't necessarily the colors, but there's definitely times where they don't try to hide the fact that these are not real cars. They explode in blue and green clouds. There's, well, there's like a real heightened stylized, say, which I like. And watching it again today, I went, I see what they're doing here. And this is actually really cool. The first time I was like... This is a this is a, a cartoon. This is a, a live action video game. This this isn't real, and it, it was it was hard for me to really get invested when I never believed the racers were real. I'll also say it suffers when you don't see it in high definition mm -hmm. because the the you know it's CGI everything. Yeah. But the metal of the cars and the items on the track, everything everything's made of looks so physical. And real, the highlights, the reflections. Oh, the, the cars everything. are gorgeous. I was noticing that this afternoon. But it, I mean, uh, you know, I had the benefit when I was alive, and I took uh, long before he passed, uh, my buddy Jason Horn. I had seen it on IMAX, and I went and bought him a ticket just to drag him to see this movie that I knew he didn't want to see. Mm -hmm. And he loved it. Mm -hmm. And it's because. Uh, 
the thing about it is, I, I was telling everybody, you got to go see it in IMAX because you're not going to get this chance to see this movie mm-hmm. how it was meant to be seen. By the way, uh, IMAX uh, theaters are, are you know long destroyed, but when when they were around, the best thing about them was to get into the middle back three rows, right in the center. If you're in the back three rows and you can see the whole screen, that's just perfect movie viewing experience. Unlike the 3D wave and then later the 4D wave when movies stopped yeah. being temporarily located. But uh, anyway, so we saw it on IMAX. Jason, by the way, uh, you know, RIP. But he repaid me by dragging me, uh, buying me a ticket to take me to go see the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Was that his, like, his revenge because he didn't enjoy Speed Racer? No, no, no. We, we both went to that thinking, hey, new indie movie. And he's right. like, I'll get you back for that Speed Racer ticket. I'm like, thanks, man. And we go and just walked out depressed. <laughs> was, that, was that the night he died? I, I'm fuzzy on his. No, no, no. He lived for a long, long time. Oh, okay. Okay. He became a cyborg and survived long into the, you know, major. Well, I mean, you know, he, oh, sided, with the, he sided with the Terminators briefly. Uh, but then did a time travel thing and came. Hey, Jason's an interesting dude. His life was, was pretty cool. It sounds like parts of him might still be around. It'd be worth our while to look him up. Well, if we find him, we got to get him on the show. Yeah. So, so yeah, more about Speed Racer, though. Um, one of the things that's really special about that film is that it focuses heavily on family relationships and friendship. Yes. And the, the story of the movie it ends up becoming like a metaphor for uh, achieving anything in art or, or finding mm-hmm. the thing that's special about you and just going with it, whether it makes sense or not. And as a guy who failed his entire life to be a comics creator and just died poor and alone, I can really relate to that message, even though it didn't work for me. And uh, I love just as a, a father and then later a grandfather and a great grandfather, I really, and then later a great, great, great grandmother, um, I really relate to the father-son relationships in that movie where, like, uh, if you don't know the story of Speed Racer, and uh, I don't mind spoiling it for you because you're all long dead, but um, (laughs) basically, and this is in the old cartoon show, and that's another thing, the movie follows the cartoon show just super accurately, those are, it was made by people who love that show yes um, that, and that was clear even from the first time i watched i'm like these are people who so much love you could just you could just tell yeah and uh you know so basically the story of speed racer is speed racer is a racer there's a mysterious racer x and uh he's got his brother rex racer who supposedly died and might be racer x mm-hmm. and it's that's just all the stuff that's going on in the movie but the writing of this film like where when rex leaves the house and pops tells him to never come back and then when Speed goes through the same thing later, mm-hmm. he's like, I want you to know that my door will always be open. I made yeah. some mistakes with your brother. And, you know, when his brother died, that made him feel terrible. And, oh, it's so good. And the relationship of Speed and his brother mm-hmm. and then uh, of Spritel and Speed. Mm-hmm. There's this older brother, younger brother thing that's just so sincere and so sweet. You know, in the opening 15 minutes of this movie, by the way, is my favorite movie. It's, it's then it cr- keeps... It's crazy town. The first 15 minutes is just absolutely crazy. It's, it's like the, the way... Jumping, you know, and 
speeds racing through the thing, and then there's like the ghost image of when Rex broke the record there. And, yeah, these, these blink and you'll miss it flashback moments where all of a sudden you're like, "What? How's he in a different car? Oh, this is a flashback." It's like it is. It is just seamless and fast, fast, fast. It's like you really have to. It, you have to be paying attention, and if you do, it rewards you so significantly. It really does. It, it reminds me a lot of a, a Grant Morrison comic books or uh, quick lines of dialogue in a Stephen Moffat Doctor Who episode where it's just like, bam, bam, bam. These are the things that, I mean, I'm telling, it, he's telling stories, these guys tell stories at a pace that they would like to see. And for those of mm. us who also want your brain to be saturated with quick information and really interesting things and then surprising things, it's so addictive, this film. Like, if I see a scene from the movie, I gotta go sit down and watch the whole movie. I honestly think if people gave it a second chance, yeah. it, they would like it more. I, I think, just keep I thinking think, about how if it I, came out two years later, it'd have been a blockbuster. Or, or if there had been a better push around it, possibly. I think that people were far enough removed from the property that when they sat down, and all of a sudden they have all these lights and flashing things going on around them, they were struggling to keep up in those first 15 minutes because they go, wait, hold on, this is a different race, and this is going on. And I think it honestly, I think it lost them in those first 15 minutes because even watching it today, I was, I forgot how quickly they moved through storytelling, especially, especially the beginning, but through the whole thing. It's like, they know they only have a two-hour movie, and they cram like four hours of storytelling in it, and it's it works. It really works well. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot in it. They really do kind of just cram it. So there's there's no, never a dull, not a dull moment, but there's never a wasted moment of right. screen time. Everything's progressing the story or explaining what happened before. Or it yeah. and the cast is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you put John Goodman in anything, you've just doubled the quality of your film. <laughs> and he's so good as pops and and Susan Sarandon as as uh, Speed's mom because yeah. like they have they don't. They have a lot of screen time, but they have just these perfect moments. Mm-hmm. Like just uh, Speed's mom telling him uh, how she feels when he races. Yeah, it takes her breath that, away, and it, it makes me tear up. And yeah. I don't even have a physical form anymore. And <laughs> it's just a beautiful film. Uh, there's there's also a lot of things that I related to. Uh, I like how in. Uh, there's a scene, because the movie is about, there's a, a big corporation that's trying to get Speed to sign with them, yeah. and they fix the races, and they mm-hmm. get racers, and then they make money selling cars and auto parts and things. Yeah. And uh, they make their stock price go up, and it's all yeah, yeah. kind of a scam, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of really weird anti-corporate uh, backdoor dealing kind of uh, antitrust a, a stuff A surprising going. amount, to the point that... One of the one of the transitions is actually like stock numbers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You're like, what? What, what movie am I watching? <laughs> We're going to Wall Street it's now. Really crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and you know, uh, that's a real easy thing to do. Usually, is have a big corporate bad guy, but it goes in depth in a way that's surprising for a film that's you know, mm-hmm. purportedly geared at children. Well, that that was one of the two parts that really actually uh, struck me today. Um, uh, as I rewatched it, was the one moment I really loved was when the family kind of comes together and fights the ninjas, which is a sentence that sounds crazy, but when the dad comes in and goes, you fight, you attack my son, you attack my family, and he takes on the ninja, I'm like, I love this guy. He kind of looks like Mario, and he just like, he takes the guys out. That scene, but then the moment where Speed is talking to the head of um, 
WRL, the uh, the, con- the big corporate company, right. and he says, "Yes, oh. I, this is. I know you could do this for me. You could do this for me, but I can't." I, I love that moment. Like that sets up the final climatic battle of. Um, I know you have money, but that doesn't mean you get to win. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to play for you. I'm sorry. You seem like you have a lot going on, but I have to stay true to me and my beliefs, and I can't sell out. You right. Know, well, it's about. I could, I could probably have fame and glory and all of these things, and I could do that, and I could, I could be on the front of every magazine. I could be on TV. I just can't do that. That's not why I'm doing this. And that that moment and the ending really struck me today. Well, at its core, it's about being a creative, special person. Mm-hmm. Somebody, and what it's somebody like, with a special skill. A special skill. Uh, and living in a world where uh, corporations want to make that into a commodity, mm-hmm. and it kind of sets you apart from even your family, mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to coexist uh, with your family and find uh, a place for yourself in the world that wants you to be part of the machine. You know, uh, and I struggled with that when I was alive and, uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, didn't really work out for me, but I really like the, another moment that I wanted to bring up, uh, during the first 15 minutes, mm-hmm. there's a scene where, uh, Spritel knows his brother's going to win and yeah. like, uh, the family's telling him like, they, they, just hold on. Not they, yet. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. No. This isn't going to do it. It's not going to do it. Spritel's like. No, this race is already over. My brother's the best racer in the world. Uh, they kind of have faith in each other. It's just no, so. Oh no! You, you, you got to get that line. He's like, "Oh no, he's already won. Everybody else is competing for second place." Oh yeah, everybody else oh, running for oh, second place. Like that, that complete <laughs> that's, that's just faith. Exactly. That complete uh, faith in it. He's like, "No, guys, my brother is the best. We know this." That's the like, best racer in the world. Oh, that was no, yeah. Uh, everything about the movie. You know, another just very sincere part. You know, Sparky, the uh, crew chief, mm-hmm. who's with him throughout the whole film. He's yeah. with Speed. They're, before the last race, uh, when Speed gets into the race and the presence of Speed Racer has changed the <laughs> dynamic, and he gets out on the Before he even races, he just goes up to Sparky and is like, hey, man, I just wanted to tell you, I wouldn't be here without you. You've had my back this whole time. Yeah. It's just a sincere moment of friendship. That you don't see in movies. Like, mm-hmm. it's so hard for me to think mm-hmm. of another movie where there's just a scene that just, t- hey, hey, everybody, let's stop the movie for a second. I got to tell my buddy yeah. that uh, I love him and I'm glad he's here. Yeah, th- this isn't going to progress anything. This doesn't, it doesn't set up some kind of backstab. It's just like, hey, right. I recognize that I'm getting all the glory here. It's easy for people to cheer and laud me as I do my amazing things, but I couldn't do it without you. Yeah, you know, it's like you almost have this moment of like, I believe Speed would pull him up on the stand and be like, "You guys should talk to him. He built yeah. this thing." You know, <sighs> such a good movie. And I also like how all the tech in it is completely made up. Yeah, oh, completely. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I've had millennia to learn, and I have not been interested. Uh, I briefly sold cars in my corporeal life. But I felt no need to learn about them then. No, as soon as, you, as soon as you turned me on, I actually dumped that information off because I thought I could fill it with any other kind of information that might be Anything useful. Anything besides yeah. cars and uh, sports besides soccer is irrelevant. And when we find that stuff, by the way, because, so like you said, we've been pulling stuff down into this bunker that is just wings and wings of, of 
room that most of the apocalypse fell on. But we've been pulling anything interesting we find. But when we find sports stuff, we just burn it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, no one cares. It's so strange to me that people thought it was such a big, important thing. I mean, as 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 recent as the mid-21st century, people were still doing stuff. It, uh, it, it, I'm really glad it's been over since then. Yeah. Soccer won, and it's the best sport. And now when people say sport, they just mean soccer. Yeah. That's what they said. You want to go sport. Well, I mean, I don't mean now because there are no people. I mean, we're kind of the last, last human voices yeah. around, and neither of us are even alive. As far as we can tell, we're all that's here. So, please, people, do something different. Yeah. So, like, you know, rent Speed Racer, you yeah. idiots. Because here's what's happening. Every time you guys uh, make the number one movie... Uh, Transformers 3 mm-hmm. uh, or uh, just something stupid like that then uh, that's the future you're looking for like yeah. when in the Terminator movies do great and look the first one's great and I like the third one which no one even likes but mm-hmm. like uh, the Terminator movies that's the future you're looking for because this stuff you don't realize it but films and stories that you put into your souls are the future you're going to create and you can spend all your time telling each other that the apocalypse is coming, mm-hmm. and it's going to be terrible, aliens will kill you, time travelers will mess up your life, mm-hmm. and that's what will happen. Or you can just look at each other and say, hey, maybe we should just be cool and like try and build some starships. Right. And if any of us get superpowers, let's help each other. And that's what you'll do. I, I would... It's not what you did. So start thinking that way. Yes. I would love for... Uh, Dean and I to fade from existence because you learn from the errors that we are passing on to you. Um, I'm kind of hoping that it just changes all around us, but I mean, that's really hopeful. We'll see. I mean, nothing's changing yet, so I'm not even sure if this message is getting out. Um, But it is, I mean, obviously I can understand um, the appeal of of the Terminator movies, of of the road, the movie The Road. I can understand people watching that and going, "That, that touches my soul. I remember I remember watching those movies and going, these are incredible movies, but there's something to be said for ingesting positivity and for ingesting yeah. things that encourage you and don't depress you, that that speak to the faith that you can have in your in your fellow man and in your it's super, super frustrating. So yes, Speed Racer, I would I, I personally can't call it a perfect movie, um, right. but it's one that deserves a second viewing, definitely, and is one that um, if I think some people might have a hard time with some of the the goofiness because there is some goofiness that's in there, but it's just fun and it's fun for the family. I mean, and it's- I also think it deserves like a, a twenty second viewing. Um, <laughs> I'm personally up to like forty or fifty times watching the film. Uh, it's just excellent, and you know, it's a great example of a film that is just woefully underrated. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of films like this. Um, mm-hmm. And you can kind of, it's, it's one of those things that I used to use when there were humans around to judge people quickly. Right. If you like Speed Racer, we're going to get along fine. Friend. If you liked the, yeah, <laughs> if you like the Iron Giant, oh. you know how much that says to me about you? Oh. Right? The but, Iron Giant but, still chokes me up. Maybe me, maybe now more than, uh, now that I am a robot. You can relate more to I the I can relate more, but yeah. even when I was. Especially being a, a killing robot that murdered just thousands of people but the hope that i could be superman by the end yeah, of it well that's why 
That's why I painted that <sighs> Superman shirt on your chest. I appreciate that. I mean, seriously, it was because of that movie. The other thing is, uh, another movie that's a good example of that, just thrown out there, that's just woefully underrated, because The Iron Giant, with Brad Bird's success uh, over the next you know decade, came to a lot of prominence. A lot of people would go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. It's a beautifully animated film. Uh, one that I found a, uh, a old file of recently was uh, The Road to El Dorado. Oh, yeah. Which... Did you see that one? Oh, yeah. I saw that one in the theater. I took my little brother to, brother to see that, if I remember correctly. Me, too. I, I think it was on the heels of Prince of Egypt, which was DreamWorks' big, splashy, you know, leap forward into... Uh, we're going we're gonna to compete uh, with Disney, and it, it didn't quite. Well, I'm pretty sure Prince of Egypt did really well. Oh, did it? Uh, tell you the truth. Okay. Yeah, you should look that up on your file. But I, uh, I mean, I personally saw Prince of Egypt six times in the theater. Uh, I, I, I liked it. I, just, I remember thinking, for whatever reason, I have the memory of it not doing as well as they wanted it to. But I remember liking it. Maybe I, it didn't. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm just a ghost. So, um, but then they did Road to El Dorado a couple years later, I guess, uh, with a similar uh, animation style and quality, but a much less safe story. Yes. You know, uh, I, I just like I said, I just watched it uh, this morning. It's so, and it holds up. I'm talking, it holds up for thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> the animation quality is great. The uh, style and the design of it, the, the song, Elton John, Elton soundtrack. John ah, uh, Elton John, man, right? Elton Absolutely, John, that guy's amazing. No, but uh, Road to El Dorado for those of you who have missed it and you have this opportunity still to rent it to download it to buy it is the sort of these two uh thieves like in spain back in the 1400s or so um and they 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 find their way to the new world more or less they they are <laughs> they stow away on a ship and they get there and then they pretend yeah, to be they gods stow away on Cortez's ship. that's right they end up trying to escape and they they end up in the new world and they have this map to el dorado and uh they find the city of gold and they're treated as gods. It's and see, here's the thing: the two characters, Tulio and Miguel, are played by Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh. So every line of dialogue, and both of them by themselves are the best, and together oh, yeah. they're the best squared. They, they play off each other so well, and it's just, it's this animated movie that I just I never find anyone who's seen it. So I'm glad I programmed you with the personality of someone who has. Because it's so good, and it's just out there with, you know, very few people have seen it. If it had been, you know, 10 years later in a CGI film, it'd be, you know, something that everyone saw, like the Madagascar films or or Kung Fu Panda. But it was in this just tiny window before 2D animation, you know, died the first time. I've always wanted, and I still kind of want, another one a road to somewhere else, you know, and just, just to see the two of them because they are so perfect together. And since it's animated, it doesn't matter how old the two actors get. You can do whatever you want with them. They can continue to voice them, send them to some other mythical place or just another adventure somewhere else. You know, I was like, I would watch a series of those. Yeah, absolutely. Road to Atlantis. Like, yeah, (laughs) but it's instead it's just kind of this forgotten, beautiful, perfect film. And, uh, man, it's Edward James Olmos is in yeah. it, man. Armando Sante. Is human. 
I know, man. <laughs> also, my uh, first name is Michael. So in Spanish class, uh, my uh, my name was Miguel. No I was like connection there. Yeah, I like Miguel in this movie. I like Miguel O'Hara, the first biracial Spider-Man. You like Dean in the Iron Giant? I do like Dean. He's an artist. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Harry Connick Jr., who I was crazy into back in the 1990s. Not so much in the 2090s. No. He got less good. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a lesson, too, because, I mean, he hated Speed Racer, and that's what ruined his life. Mm. You guys, Speed Racer. Yeah. Everybody watch Speed Racer. Save the future. <laughs> Save the future. Please, for our sake. Your sake, really. I mean, we're here. We've, we've lived it. We've survived it. And we are going to continue. Yeah, you think anybody's going to program a robot with your personality, whoever you are listening to this? Good luck. I'm only doing one. <laughs> he made the mistake the first time. He can't handle more <laughs> of these. Well, we are going to continue trying to broadcast these. It looks like our window is closing here. I, we've opened the time portal, and we're still kind of struggling to figure out the, exactly how this works. So we might not always be able to, and I don't know how long these windows are to the past. So, uh, Dean, is there any last few things you want to say before we completely lose our transmission here? Uh, you know, believe in Batman, trust superheroes, and watch Speed Racer. Okay, we will try to get in touch with you guys as soon as possible. Um, please listen to us. Bye. So, weird, right? It, it, it sounds like me. It, it sounds like my voice, and it sounds like Dean, but I am not a robot. I am a human being. Um... So I can only assume, I don't know what to assume, either either it's completely legit and it's coming from the future, or it's some kind of really strange hoax, and that doesn't make any, I don't know why anybody would do that. But while you're listening to that, I did a little bit of research, and if you go to lastcastpodcast.tumblr.com, um, these guys have been sending or posting information and they seem to be trying to prevent um, apocalypses. So, I don't know. I guess check that out. They're, they're using different things, and they seem to be constructing different messages to try to help humanity in some way. I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, but it's there, and it exists, and it seems to be updated on a fairly regular basis. So I would check that out if that's something I'm going to be checking out. I want to get to the bottom of this. This is like a, a bit of a mystery. Anyway, um, I thought I would share with you guys. Uh, let me know what you think. Find us at moviesyoushouldlove.com or, you know, find them at lastcastpodcast.tumblr.com. Until next time, guys. You've been listening to the Movies You Should Love podcast. Join in the conversation at moviesyoushouldlove.com. 